the Big Church Podcast. That word reminded me of the disciple that came to Jesus and said, and Jesus looked at him and said, are you going to go too? Are you going to leave me? And that disciple said this. He said, where would I go? Where would I go? You hold the words of eternal life. If you're thinking about going back there, I feel the presence of God in this place this morning. I'm telling you, don't quit. Go deeper. Get all that God has for you because he's got so much more. You might have limited yourself because of your own mindset or the things that you're thinking, but don't stop because God has so much more planned for you. This sermon series is going to be really good if you'll embrace it. If you have ears to hear and you allow it to penetrate your heart, it's going to do something in all of us. So let's open up our hearts and minds to the Lord this morning. Woo! Okay. Back in preaching mode here. We're in a sermon series called Going Deeper. And last week, you know, I kind of talked to you about we just got to grow up sometimes. Sometimes the things we have to do, we have to understand what salvation is. And I took you through kind of just a, a, almost a, a very basic look at what that looked like. And I talked about how we had to grow in maturity. We had to get, we had, just have to grow up, basically. And knowing that this whole thing that we're in right now, whether you're a new Christian or whether you've been doing this a long time, this thing is a journey that you're on. And you got to embrace it. And you got to know that change is necessary. You can't go into a deeper relationship with God unless you're allowed to change in that. Next week, Ashley is going to be bringing a message. Come on. And she's going to tell you that you're not, a, you're not a spectator in worship. You are a participator in worship. Do you know that? You don't come in here just to sing or hear your favorite song. You're in here to worship the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I'm stopping there because I'm probably, she's saying, you're taking my notes. But I want to talk to you this morning, maybe a few minutes. I want to talk to you this morning about, how, about the Bible and how important it is to be daily, daily, in the word. Have you ever been lost somewhere? Anybody? I'm not talking about going to hell. I'm talking about have you ever been lost somewhere? <laughs> we cleaned out a house the other day and they had, I guarantee you, 30, I don't know, a lot of road maps, the big atlas. Y'all remember those big, big old atlases that were this big? Anybody remember those? Wave, wave your hand. Okay. Hey, I got a lot of people out there. All the young folks are like, what is he talking about an atlas? But these atlas were so big, and if you were trying to navigate in the pasture seat, you're trying to flop that page over, and sometimes you're smacking the driver because it's just so big. And a lot of times you had the atlas, and, 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 and it was hard to navigate the atlas because you can't hardly read it. What did we do before GPS? Oh, now you punch it in, and you just go to your destination unless you're pepper. The other day, he punched in. I was on the phone, and he punched in his GPS, and he turned this way, and we drove for about six miles. And I said, dude, we're, in a, we're going the wrong direction here. He said, that's the way the GPS told us to go. I said, well, your GPS must be different because you got an Android. <laughs> yeah, I said it. But once I figured it out, we went we went through Mount Washington and down that way. And I mean, literally, we were about seven, eight miles longer than we were. But, you know, some, 
But this morning, I just want to show you the, and I'm not mad at you, Pat. That's okay. We need a little break after that long day anyway. But I just want to show you that, that the value that there's word. It's not just reading the word. It's allowing God to navigate you in the right direction. You know, you, we can read everything, but if we don't allow the Holy Spirit to take us somewhere, we're not going on a trip anywhere. I remember years ago when the Bible seemed to be everywhere. I grew up, and I mean, it was in, every, it was in almost every home. Uh, you know, you could look at the hotels, and the Gideons had Bibles in every drawer, and, and even schools. I grew up when, when you had chapel once a month. Anybody ever have chapel in school once a month? Oh, y'all a bunch of heathens anyway. But they had chapel once a month, and a different church would come in and, and, and do Bible studies with us. But listen to me. we got to understand that this is a freedom that we get to do. I meant to have my King James Version up here. I, I forgot it over there. It's a privilege to have the Bible. So many people in, in, in other countries around the world right now don't have the same privilege that you have each and every day of picking up God's Word and reading it. So many times they have to gather in houses, and they have to gather in secret, and allow someone to read from the only Bible that they have. And so many times we take things for granted and we don't understand that we have such a freedom. A recent survey conducted found that 34% of Americans have never read the Bible. Now if you were talking about that 20 or 30 or 40 years ago, probably a whole lot different. But we have a generation right now growing up that don't know the value of God's word. People believe that the Bible was relevant once upon a time. It was relevant a long time ago. But, you know, how cool the Israelites came out of Egypt, and that's a pretty cool story, but, but does it have any connection to my world, to my busy life, to my emails that I'm up to my neck in? What can I learn from a fish swallowing a man named Jonah or, or Daniel being delivered from a lion's den? That seems pretty far removed from fixing my car or my plumbing doesn't work. So many times, is there any relevance today for the busy dads and the soccer moms and the students working and going to school? Yes. I tell you there is. The word brings reliability and it brings relevance to everyone who will read it. From Genesis to Revelations, it points to Jesus. Yes, I'm talking about the Old Testament in here. We still believe that from Genesis to Revelation, it's still God's breathed word. If you read this word and you're hungry, you're going to find out. It's no longer about David slaying Goliath. It's about God slaying your giant. It's not about Moses freeing the Israelites from Egypt. It's about Jesus leading you out of your bondage. It's not a story of three men in a fire. It's about Jesus being with you in the fire. Being with you in every trial and every circumstance that you're going through. But you know what they've done? People have tried to attack it. They say the names and the dates and the events and, and saying it's all riddled with errors. And they accept evolution and Big Bang and they laugh at the idea of creation. Listen to me. They've tried to ban it. They've tried to burn it. They've tried to discredit it. They've tried to make fun of it. But let me just tell you something this morning. It's still the number one bestseller in the, in the world and it always will be. Do you know why? Because it's a God book and not a man book. 3,800 times it says in the Bible that God said. So if God says it 3,800 times, you better start reading what he says. The word inspiration comes from the Latin word called inspiratio. I've tried to do that in my best. Inspiratio. Is that pretty good? 
I was going to give you my best godfather impression, but no, here. The word comes from inspiratio. You know what that means? It means blow into. Just like God breathed into Adam, God breathed his word into these authors. Moses met God on a mountain. David was inspired in a pasture. John was carried away in the spirit when he wrote revelations. The prophets heard directly from God. And is that reliable? Let me tell you what happened to a prophet if he spoke falsely in those days. See ya. Nowadays we listen to, oh, We listen to everything Facebook tells us, and we listen to every this, that, and the other instead of digging into what God himself is saying in our world. At least 250 prophecies, and most all, have been fulfilled. What an improbability that is out of the Bible. The Bible is our primary way that God has chosen to reveal himself. It's the source that tells us who he is. It explains his heart, and it lets us know the mind of Christ, his character. But listen, a lot of buts in this. It's one of the most neglected aspects of being a Christian. I'm asking you this morning, do you believe in the Bible? Is it still relevant? A third of Americans who attend church, 32%, say they read the Bible personally every day. That's awesome. Around a quarter say they read it a few times a week. Fewer only read it once a week, only 12%, or five times a month, or once a month. And one in eight professing Christians say they rarely ever read the Bible or never read the Bible. Can I say to you that this is God's word? I know this is hard this morning, but I'm an evangelist. If this is God's word, and we're not opening it daily, 34% of us writing it, that should not be the number. We should be in the number of way in the 90s and hundreds on that. This is life right here. I'm trying to give it to you. But many say this, I don't understand it. I don't have time for it. Do I really have to read the Bible every day? You must be in the, read, in the word each day. Why? Because number one, it creates relationship. We're going back to Genesis 1-1, so you're going to be here for a while. We're going all the way to Revelations at the end. But Genesis 1-1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. you got to believe the first verse in the Bible, or the rest of it's a good story. If you don't believe that first verse right there, it's only literature, it's, it's, it's a good book, and it's, it's this. But you got to believe that. Everything begins with God and everything ends with God. And he has to be first in our life. God took action with his words. Let me prove it to you. It says in Genesis, and then God said, let there be light. And God says, I'm going to separate the heavens from the earth. And he made the earth and the dry ground. Then he said, I'm going to throw some sun and I'm going to throw some stars. And I'm going to throw the moon out there. He spoke all of this stuff into creation. Then he created life in his word. He made animals and fish and birds and, and cattle and creeping things. But finally, listen, his master stroke, his master stroke is sitting in this room right now. That is man. He made you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. He spoke you into existence. So that's why there is power in our words. Genesis 1, 26, he says, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. But you know what we did? Many of y'all don't know. Maybe you know. We messed it up. We made a bad choice. We, we did the wrong thing back in the garden. It caused all kinds of trouble. 
But John 1.1 says this. In the beginning was the Word. Listen to this. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1.14. And the Word, here comes where a relationship comes in. And the Word became flesh, and it dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory of the one only begotten of the Father. Jesus was sent. The Word was sent to dwell among us. Why? So he could be one of us. So he could know what you feel. So he can know that when you're depressed, he's in the fire with you. To know that everything that you go through, as Tommy said, he already knows those things. God sent the word to dwell among us. Why did he do that? Because there was separation. You couldn't get, you didn't have access to God because of your sin. Jesus had to be the bridge. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Jesus is sacrificed, and I know this is old school, but you're about to get old school. But Jesus sacrificed his blood and his death. It paid the price. It gave you access to God. It restored the relationship that was broken. Our ultimate goal should be to have a personal relationship with Jesus. And if the word says... He is the Word. You've got to have the Word in you, right? I mean, it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Listen, my wife is better at this than I am. She's good at marriage counseling. Not talking about just me. <laughs> We've been to marriage counseling a few times because I need it. But marriage counseling, talk about quality time. And you talk about communication. Communication is what you do in every aspect of being married. If you don't communicate over your money, you're going to get mad. you don't communicate over sex, you're going to be mad all the time. If you don't communicate over, uh, I forgot the other ones, goals and, and the other thing. If you don't communicate, they all go together. The Bible helps us create and sustain our relationship with the Father and with the Son and with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, oh, taste Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. But I want to tell you something. We need to start filling ourselves up. We need to drink deeply from the scriptures because sometimes just a taste ain't just enough. By this, God will transform you more and more into Christ. Why is it important? Number two, it guides us. I remember coming home one night from college, doing things I shouldn't have done. And didn't go home very often, and mom and dad decided to rearrange all of the furniture in the front room. Y'all know where I'm going with this. It was about 3 o'clock in the morning. I'd had a few adult beverages, way too many. And tried to, you, you ever try to sneak in? Come on, y'all are holier than that. Y'all know what? You try to sneak in, you're trying to creep in, the door goes, and every board, but I tried to sneak in. I hit that, and just about three or four steps into the room, I tripped over uh, the, some kind of couch laying there. And my dad got up, and woke. I thought my dad was dumb at the time. He, he's not dumb. Hi, Dad, if you're watching, you're not dumb. You knew it all. But the Bible says if you don't allow it to guide you, you grope around in the darkness without light. Without God's word, we are walking aimlessly through this world. If you don't have the word of God to guide you and lead you, you, don't, you really you don't know which way you're going. We have to allow the word to be the light to our path. Psalm 119.05 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. 
What the word does for you, it gives you wisdom and understanding on how to live. It's going to help you deal with the temptations and the trials and the valleys and life. It's our GPS. You need to turn it on more often. It not only shows you, listen to this, it not only shows you where you are, but it opens up the path to your future. It shows you where you could be. So many of us are, so many of us are happy right where we're at. We're comfortable where we're at. We're, I'm guilty of that sometimes myself. I like it where it's at because it's, it's where I'm more comfortable. But God's got a place to take you that's going to take you out of your comfortability. He's got a place he wants to take you to to where you, you have to depend upon him. And so many times we get stuck in here and he said, I got there for you if you'll just go. You don't have to wonder where you're going because the word provides faith that it's going to take you there. Why is it important? Number three. Whew, it corrects. John 8, 32 says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. But the problem with truth in our culture is this. Here's a definition of truth. It says fact, accurate, real, and exact. But the problem with truth in our culture is in America, many believe that there's no moral absolutes. There's really no real right or there's no real wrong. And, and many have a philosophy of moral, it's called moral relativism. Relativism. Nobody is objectively right or wrong. And if everyone ought to tolerate everyone else's behavior just because it's their behavior, even if the majority of the society doesn't agree with it. We have a generation who's embraced the idea that there is no real truth. And currently, and what's our moral and individuals, if they're all up to who, they're all up to you. All up to the individual. Everyone has their own story. Everyone has their own path. How many times you heard this? It says, what's right for you may not be right for me. If it feels good, just go with it. It's good. Nothing is right and wrong and just a different opinion. All these are the results of feeling that there is no absolute truth. You're entitled to your truth, and I'm entitled to my truth. Let me just tell you something. America has fallen. This nation was founded on biblical truth. Moral fabrics, moral fabrics are woven into creation. The law of gravity, whether you believe it or not, works. I don't believe in gravity. Well, I don't care if you believe in it or not. It still works. The truth of God still works whether you want to believe it or not. The foundation of truth is crumbling under our feet as we speak. 62%, listen to this, of professing Christians said that there is no absolute standard of right and wrong. That the Bible and the Ten Commandments, well, they're just kind of suggest you way, your way through life. But the word says in the last days, people will believe a lie. It said, I'll give them over to their own way of thinking. Why am I talking about this? Because the Bible says my people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. She said it this morning. We're destroyed. And what we, we have a, a wealth of knowledge. We got it at, every, at our fingertips. We can go to Google. We can do anything we want to. But we have a poverty of truth. We know everything, but we know nothing. We can't be afraid. As uh, Pastor Tim was saying this yesterday about revelations and when he was praying over me, and he said, you can't be afraid to speak the truth. We can't be afraid to preach and teach the truth because God's word's not always popular. It's not always easy. 
It's, not, it's pretty offensive sometimes. But listen to what Hebrew 4.12 says. For the word of God is alive and it's active. It's not dead. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even the dividing of soul and spirit, joint and marrow. Listen, it judges the thoughts and attitudes of your heart. The reason we don't read the words is because we don't want our thoughts and attitudes judged. We don't want to read it, and we don't want to read it for what it is. Correction, listen to me, is not a bad word, unless it's from my wife. <laughs> rebuke, you know what the correction and rebuke does? It leads you to spiritual maturity. If you're able to, uh, I'm not getting ahead of myself. Number four, it equips. 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Listen to this. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God or woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. It's profitable if we don't, it, it's profitable if we're open to correction. It's profitable if we don't get defensive. It's profitable if we don't let pride get in our way. God's word is going to teach you something. It's going to teach you what's right. God's word is going to rebuke you. It's going to tell you what's not right. God's word's going to correct you. He's going to tell you how to get it right. The whole, you know why he's doing all that? He wants to equip you, it says, that we may be complete. Do you know what complete means? Entire. Whole means unbroken or undamaged in one piece. God doesn't want a bunch of messed up, jacked up people going around professing his name. Listen to me before you throw your shoe at me. It's a process. We understand that when you first get saved, you're not going to do everything right. And you're never going to be perfect. That's what sanctification is about. God is making you that way. But I got to tell you something. God is looking for us who profess to be him to be acting more like him. He wants you to be whole. He doesn't want broken pieces everywhere. He doesn't want this thing to look a mess. He wants you to be whole. Jesus prayed over his disciples in John 17, 17. He said, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Sanctify. There's that word again. But what does sanctification do? It washes you and it makes you pure. It makes you righteous because you couldn't do it on your own. So listen, I'm going to talk to two, the two groups I talked to last week. I'm going to talk to the new Christians or the baby Christians. And you're saying, I don't understand and I don't really understand how to read the Bible. Now I'm going to talk to, and then I'm going to talk to the seasoned Christian that says, how much are you really reading or meditating on the word? Because there are so many of us in here that just allow, you know what I mean? We have the opportunity. It, it's on our, it's on everything that we do. But God says, how much are we doing? How much are you developing it? People one purpose of the scripture is to discover who truth is. People are going into error, listen to me, because they're trying to follow what other people are saying, what other pastors are saying, what other prophets are saying. But I'm going to tell you something. You better test it with God's word. Don't you even test what I say in here. Don't you take everything that I tell you unless you back it up with scripture. We got a world chasing something that ain't taking them nowhere. They don't go to the scriptures. But 2 Timothy 2.15 says, be diligent. It says, study to show yourself approved. A worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of God. So we all like practical things, right? 
Here's some practical things to do. When you're getting ready to go into the word, clear your mind. That is so hard to do in this world that we live in right now. I mean, with all the overstimulation, the, everything's going on, but I think we just need to get to a point where we get in a quiet room and we clear our mind. Say, so, okay, just for the next three or four minutes, I'm not gonna think about anything. I'm just gonna try to focus on this. And before you get into that, ask for direction. Don't look at the Bible as that atlas that's 18 feet long and, and it, it looks terrible. You can't read it. Ask God for direction for your life. Before you ever do that, tell him to lead you and to guide you into what you're about to read. Let him know what you need because sometimes, how many of this happened? Sometimes you ask God what you need, you open your Bible up. Have you ever pointed to it? Been right there? I've done that many times in my life because the Holy Spirit knows what you need, even before you ask. You may say this, I don't understand everything in the Bible. Me neither. The Bible says, your ways are higher than my ways. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. It also says, don't lean on your own understanding. Sometimes I try to read this thing just to get, uh, to get my check mark in for the day, and I get nothing out of it. But when I open it and say, okay, God, I want you to speak what you want to speak, man, that's when it changes everything. I sincerely, I've read through the Bible probably about five times in my life, and I'm not saying that to be, but I've probably read through it four out of those five times just to say I did it. I remember the time when I decided I'm gonna read this thing. I'm gonna meditate on this thing. I'm gonna take this thing, and I'm gonna let it change my life. It plants seeds. Maybe you don't understand it in that moment, but there'll be a moment when you will understand it. Because you know why? It may be a week down the road. It may be a day down the road. It may be a month down the road or a year down the road. God will bring that to your remembrance. His timing is perfect. His word is faithful. Every word that he has given to humanity has a purpose. Isaiah 55, 11 said, So my, my word who goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish, listen to me, it will accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. If he said it, you can believe it. His word is yes and amen. Another practical thing, start somewhere. You don't got to read the whole Bible in one sitting. You won't ever do that in one sitting. You might not do it in six months. Or you might do it in a year. But start somewhere. Don't let it be that roadmap that's intimidating you. Start with a verse a day. Jason was talking about the verse of the day in our men's group, and I didn't realize all the steps you could go through with just a verse of the day, a video, and, and, and other steps. And it's a seven, eight-minute process, but it's more work than some of us get in a month. There's a Bible app. There's devotions. It's endless what's out there for God's Word right now. Here's the last thing. We need to meditate on the word. Joshua 1.8 says this. We think of meditation as, um, you know, I just, I don't know. I've never meditated, but I've meditated on the word. No. Joshua 1.8 says this. For the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Day and night. 
I'm going to read a few, uh, few minutes in the morning. Day and night, for you will observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make, then it will make your way prosperous. You want, you want to know which way to go? Here it is. And then you shall have good success. Meditation on the word is this. You simply means to dwell on it. Sometimes you can dwell on one verse and get more out of reading four chapters. You have to contemplate what it means for you. And then you have to ask the Holy Spirit, how does this affect me? Or how does this apply to my life? And then you got to do this. You got to shut up and listen. You got to listen to the ways God is speaking through us, through a particular verse. So many times we don't want to listen to what God's doing. And then you got to write it down. You got to memorize this thing. Sometimes I, we did this when we went to staff retreat. I think I knew every song that came on the radio. And when I looked around the boat, I think everybody else knew every song. We know uh, how many hundreds of songs can we memorize and can we sing, right? And I said, quote to me 10 Bible verses. And the first one Ashley said is Jesus wept. I said, everybody always does that one. But listen, I was surprised they started quoting scripture to me. The Bible says you gotta hide, hide his word in your heart. Why? You gotta hide it there because you're gonna need it. You may not have it one day. You better hide some stuff. You better memorize some stuff. I remember growing up in church and one of the part of the things in Sunday school, we had to memorize a verse. We got a treat for it. But I hid it in my heart and I learned it up here. Sometimes you gotta write it down, you gotta memorize it. And when you need something from God, Google it. I'm going through a rough time. I don't know where it's in the Bible. What does the Bible say about depression? What does the Bible say about anxiety? What does the Bible say about evil thoughts? It'll tell you 20 or 30 verses just right off the top. You have no excuse. Put a sticky note everywhere. Put a verse on your background on your phone and say your boo. Oh, that's another message. Put a sticky note in your car to remind you of the patience that God gives you, Pepper and Mindy. To tell you that when that person cuts you off, I have the mind of Christ. I have a peace that passes all understanding. Come on, I, that, that's funny, but that's true. We need to be able to look up there and see when we're about to go through something, that's what the word of God says I ought to do. You need to put a note in your wallet telling you be a good steward with your money. Don't spend too much of it because you got to give it to God, some of it. Back out of that one. Because God loves a cheerful giver. Put them on the refrigerators, put them on the mirrors, put them on everywhere that you need to go. I remember we were living, there was sticky notes all over our house. But you know why? It's alive and it's active. Let's find it everywhere. Your word have I hidden in my heart. What that does is when you remember God's word, it helps you to resist the temptations. It helps you to resist the trials. Without hiding his word in your heart, you won't be able to recognize who's even speaking to you. He's still speaking through his word. 
He wants us to go deeper. And it's our responsibility to read it and to allow it to change us. So I'm gonna challenge you this week, not just for a week. Pastor Mindy did the, the tithing challenge, a few, every, and there were several people that did that. It was great. I'm not gonna ta- challenge you just to do this for right now. I'm gonna challenge you to do this for 90 days. Drop and give God 15. If you're already doing more than 15, you are a super saved Christian going to heaven in the next 10 minutes. But I'm going to ask you to drop and give God 15. Find that worship song that speaks to your heart and let let it play over you. Spend five minutes in prayer and say, God, lead me. Guide me, direct me, put me where you want me to be in this next few minutes. And then spend five minutes in the Word. Start somewhere. And that's so hard to say. I've had people say, Pastor Rich, should I start in Genesis and go all the way? You should ask the Lord. And I'm, I'm going to be practical with you. There are some good reading plans on the Bible app that will, tell, that will navigate you through just some verses a day. It'll help you and give you a guide to where you're going. So today... If you would, just stand with me, please. The Bible shows us our role in God's design. It shows us our purpose, and it gives us meaning. I got news for you that what the devil's been telling you, as she said, is a lie. You were designed for a purpose, and your life has meaning. And in the pages of his word, it, it opens it all up to you to explain where you fit. Everyone fits. There are no people cast aside in this. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus as your savior, this is the day. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. If you wanna start this journey and go deeper experiencing who Jesus is, we talk about reading the Bible, but the first step again is salvation. It's saying, I'm a sinner. I need a savior. Forgive me of my sins. If there's anyone out there right now or you watching online, if you give your heart, our prayer team is gonna be up here on the left and the right here in just a few minutes. But if you'd like to give your life to Jesus, I ask you to come down and pray. If you're committing your life to fill out the Connect card and take it to the Connect Center, we want to help you with your next steps. If you're watching online, comment and let us know how we can pray for you because we want to pray for you. If you're watching online, sorry, you know Jesus, but you want a deeper relationship with him. Through his word, I'm going to challenge you just to go deeper with him. Set aside more time for him this week. Make him a priority in your life. And I'm gonna tell you, when you make him, the Bible says, seek the kingdom of God first, and all the other things will be added unto you. When you make him the priority in your life, everything else will be added to you. So it starts in the morning. So as we get ready to sing this song, I'm gonna ask you, if you want prayer, come up front. I'll be up here to pray with you. Pastor Mindy will be up here to pray with you. If you need to talk, just come to We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. 
We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Faganbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church podcast.